0: I'm going to talk to you today about the Mass. The liturgy is what enculturates the Gospel for us. What are you, some kind of
1: ultra
2: boy?
0: And, and it enculturates it into our day-to-day life, our, our day-to-day existence. It's pretty dang exciting, huh?
1: We're called not to some crapshoot called life, but to an adventure in fidelity that beckons us to cast out to the deep. The Liturgical Institute is proud to present the Liturgy Guys.
0: Are you recording yet? I am recording.
2: Okay. We'll Ooh, ask you whatever you just did, you sound way better. You don't look oh. any better. I yeah, thank you. <laughs> COVID hair. Oh my gosh. It's been rough, guys. I feel like my <laughs> life is I feel like my life is falling apart. Your haircut reminds me of the haircut I had in high school back in the eighties.
1: <laughs> this isn't a haircut, it's a hair growth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think you. Yeah. Nobody cut this hair. It should be cut. I I should have gone right when I knew everything was going to be locked down. I should have got my hair cut.
2: You know what we should do? We should consecrate your head to Mary and your hair, too, <laughs> because she is the undoer of knots. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of that right here on the spot. Ladies and gentlemen, Dennis McNamara. I'll be here all season. Chris. Dennis. Mary was That'd Jewish. Be. To Jesse, locks and bagels. Nobody wants to talk to Jesse. Come on, we want to hear Chris talk about the consecration of married to uh, the America. To Mary. <laughs> the consecration um, of married to America. Oh, America. Oh, America. America. I, think I, I think
1: we have a title for this podcast. All right, oh, we, we got it. it. Maryland,
2: Maryland's name for her. Why not the rest of it? Anyway, Chris, yeah, what do you, you want to talk about this because it's uh, it's too soon, right? Like tomorrow.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, May first. There's this uh, consecration or reconsecration, or rededication or renewal to uh, Mary on May first, and I thought um, I've got to do some of the preparation for that. Uh, we're gonna—I think each diocese can do it, or at least has the chance to join in. So I've uh, had to do some things uh, for our own diocese, but also for uh, uh, Hair Director Weiler. Uh, I'm teaching a class called Liturgy, uh, what is it called, Jesse? Sacramentals, blessings and devotions. And, and one of the things uh, we're talking about is uh Marian devotions and consecrations to Mary. So uh it's uh, timely for for a variety of reasons. Uh consecration is a confusing thing, I think, to many, to some at least. So I thought it'd be a good thing I to I still about. don't
1: understand blessings, so let's talk let's talk about something else that I'll be confused. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, let's take the word. First of all, what does a consecration mean? So in the uh, in the Catechism, at least when it talks about uh, sacramentals, it says there are three principal forms: blessings, consecrations, and exorcisms. And so the word shows up there. We talk about consecrated uh, persons, you know, religious. Mm-hmm. We talk about the consecrated consecrate- hosts, consecration. Yeah, like you, Jesse, uh, <laughs> host of the uh, religious guys. So. Uh, so it's worth uh, trying to, because I, I know personally, uh, the, the whole notion of what is a consecration is a little con- confusing. So maybe let's start with that. What is meant by a consecration? Because this Friday, May 1st, Archbishop Gomez, who's the, the chair of the United States Bishop, what is he, the president, I suppose, of the United mm-hmm. States Conference of Catholic Bishops is going is to do this consecration. Right. Uh, you can also see, are you guys familiar with this uh, this program? It's called something like 33 Days to Morning Glory. Have you ever I have heard of I have heard of that, time? yes. Yeah, by this Father Gately. Uh, and so that's like a- I'm going to uh, need more than 33 days, I think. <laughs> you could do it twice, I guess. But it's this 33-day program that prepares one for consecration to Mary. Uh, also, probably, I don't know, another one I've heard of is uh, Louis de Montfort. Do you know who he mm-hmm. is? Sure. Yeah, he used to do this we- Marian uh, uh, consecration, and so so these things are out there, and especially as May comes around, there's a lot of talk about that. So, okay, should we get into it then? We shall. Yeah, Absolutely. if we haven't already. Yeah. All right. So, in general, what is a consecration? So, we'll talk about what's a consecration in general. What is a Marian consecration, and then what is this Friday's uh, particular consecration all about? All right. So, in general, uh, Jesse and Dennis. A consecration uh, meant in this way is a particular approved way or means to live out one's baptismal calling. Right? So I think uh, we did a podcast once called lit- something on on liturgical spirituality, on different schools of spirituality. Right. So everyone has this baptismal you know, commission and gifts and requirements that's to to get you to to heaven by conformity to Christ. But because each of us lives in a different state not simply geographically, but has different temperaments and gifts and whatnot, We're we're drawn to certain schools of spirituality. And I think that there's something similar going on here, is that each of us has this baptismal uh, calling to get to heaven, but there's certain charisms or certain ways that, that help to emphasize those things in us to get us to heaven. So a consecration is a particular channel to get to heaven. Is, I this guess a, that, yeah. is this is this akin to a devotion or a charism? Like where in respect to those, what, what are we looking at? I'd say it's uh not unrelated, which I guess means it's related. Uh so it's that not- was the most
1: unclear
0: answer. Yeah. <laughs> hey, not <my> unclear. <laughs> it's not unclear. I mean
1: it's it is unclear.
2: And my well, inner tradie is uh, tingling here, uh, Chris.
0: In a good way, you're it,
2: well, yeah, It's just tingling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what you said sounds awfully bland. Like, I hear consecration. I want rites and oils and words, and this is now different than it was before, and it's things that were once something are now something else. And what I'm hearing from you is some particular ways of holiness Watch out, watch Watch out. out. He might might explain (laughs) hyomorphic to
0: us again. (laughs) I'm not attacking you. I just want to hear, tell me, tell me. Well, we're... Think of it this way. We'll get to that, but we're we're starting at thirty five thousand feet, and we're gonna we're gonna drill down and get to the specifics. We're, we're starting, starting at the, mo- parachutes. At the most uh, at, the, at the most broad uh, uh, wide view of this. So again, think of your baptismal calling. Think of those things about your temperament or charism, as Jesse said, that uh, kind of appeal to your spirituality. And so, what you can do then is kind of hone in on a particular type of consecration that brings those God-given gifts to the surface, okay? So, this is kind of what a consecration is trying to do. Now, let's take another characteristic of it. One is it can be uh, a personal consecration, right? An individual could do this, or it can be a group consecration, so let's say uh, the Weiler family has done the uh, consecration to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and Dennis has done a consecration to St. Joseph, and the Carstens family is doing a consecration to uh, you know, Divine Mercy or something like that. Right. So it can take place on an individual or a group level. Uh, it can happen on the level of a diocese. Right, so actually, in lacrosse, we're doing we're starting this year of Saint Joseph uh, on May first because Dennis, do you you you're familiar with our cathedral? I think yes. Saint Joseph the Workman. Saint Joseph the Workman is on Communist May
2: Day. Very uh, gender non-inclusive there, by the
0: way. How is Workman different than worker? I've always heard -er. (laughs) worker. No, it's uh, it, its title is Workman, and then when things got uh, uh, inclusive, it became Worker. So in the missile, oh, that's what worker. your joke was. See, yeah. I didn't,
1: I didn't even get your joke because I didn't understand that. Okay, yeah, got it.
0: Yeah. But it, it was, uh, it was a feast that uh, what was established by would it be 12th, Dennis kind of in in response to uh, workers' holidays in uh, communist countries. This is kind of the Catholic, uh, uh, I don't know, response isn't the word, but this is how Catholics think about labor. And so this Friday, May 1st in La Crosse is a solemnity for us. And so we had planned to begin this year of St. Joseph. And then it was announced that the bishops were also going to do this uh, consecration to Mary. So it's, you know, I mean... Really, on many levels, it's a great uh, marriage uh, for us. But in any case, the idea is that you can do a diocesan-wide consecration, or you can do a national consecration. And this is the thing we're going to do on uh, Friday, consecrate our nation. But even you can – you can. Con- do you remember um, a, a little hazy on these uh, Fatima promises and requests? Wasn't one of them to consecrate Russia?
2: Russia. Did he make it
0: heart to marry? Yeah, yeah. And I guess uh, people debate whether that happened or not. <laughs> Yeah, it was Not supposed to be the Pope in union occurred. with the bishops by name. Yeah, that's the yeah. big argument. Is that yeah. why they call it the motherland? Oh, Jesse. That's <laughs> that was good. Okay, but that's the second thing. This consecration can be of an individual or a group. Now, a third thing that the church says about consecrations is that we, we speak of these types of consecrations, like the one on Friday, in sort of an analogous sense. So the truest sense of the word consecration is like uh, of a religious who is consecrating himself or herself uh, to God. What we do, what you do when you consecrate yourself, Dennis, to St. Joseph, or what the country's doing when it's consecrating yourself to the Blessed Mother, is not quite the same thing as a religious consecration. It's used in an and analogous sense. And so very often um, some of the documents discourage the the use of the word consecration so it doesn't get confused. And they say, we should really call these things like entrustments or gifts or dedications or something like that. Okay.
2: At the risk of getting ahead of you, which I often yeah. take that risk out of danger to my life and limb. I'm thinking about the word itself, right? Mm-hmm. And usually people think about it as a setting apart. It's a... Um, Dedication to a particular use You are like give yourself over to God You're made holy or different than you were before With a sense of like You're given away for a particular Purpose and it seems like Religious life is that right I'm no longer who I was before mm-hmm. I'm now sort of God's you know, servant To do what he wants in a, in a profound And public way Is that why the entrustment is different Because we're not sort of like giving America away
0: <laughs> mm. Well, let's see. I think the difference between a religious um, consecration is it's meant to be permanent, and one takes binding vows, and that it's a it's a it's a, it's a binding directly to God Himself. Versus these analogous types of consecrations are, um, I guess you might say, temporary. Not binding, and very often they're directed to not towards God Himself, but say, for example, Mary or Joseph. Right. Mm. And so, some of the, those are some of the differences. In fact, as I was putting this together, I was wondering. I mean, I I've heard of consecrations to Joseph, consecrations to Mary. I've never heard of a consecration to another saint. Have you all? You know, you, you heard of heard of, consecr- I've
1: heard of novenas to other saints.
0: Yeah, that's something that's different. different. Yeah, I
2: just Googled something here, and one of them is called a consecration to your guardian angel.
0: Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. All right. So that's possible. See, but these religious consecrations are not really going through intermediaries. Mary, joseph or angels so they're going right to god so there's some there's some distinctions there you know and i one of the things that uh you know how do you know all this is uh the the, the source to go to there's this book called the directory on popular piety in the liturgy and that's what mm-hmm. some of this is is uh, taken from they'll try to ah, make the okay. distinctions there yeah.
1: i only have the directory of unpopular piety so i'll have to pick that one up <laughs> yeah, you'll yeah. have to
0: get that one private okay. boring piety so, so what is a consecration in general it's a kind of a uh a, a Baptismal calling on uh, steroids—it's a certain emphasized track to bring to the surface and actualize your your these charisms you might have. It's personal or in a group. It's not to be confused with like a religious consecration, and very often it's um, going through an intermediary like Mary or Joseph, or even to a, to a certain extent, Jesus under wonder one of his titles like Divine Mercy or Sacred Heart or uh, something like that. Right? So there's some of the different things. Now, what is a Marian consecration in general? So this is how that uh, same directory describes what a Marian consecration is. It says it is a uh, conscious recognition of the singular role of Mary in the mystery of Christ and of his church. Right, So there's all sorts of mediaries and, uh, mediaries? Uh, mediators and um, mediators in the church, but Mary's role is singular, right? Uh, unlike anybody else in the church. So it's it's a recognition of that. Uh, second, it's a universal and ex, uh, it acknowledges her universal and exemplary importance in her witness to the gospel. Um, so right, Mary was there from the Annunciation to the taking down of Christ from the cross. She witnessed to the gospel throughout kind of before Christ was conceived or certainly born to after he died. So she has a particular place there. It uh, acknowledges a certain trust in her intercession, right? She has this great power. You know, I I remember having it explained to me is, you know, if you wanted something from the king, you would go to to the queen or to his mother and ask for her intercession or, you know, Dennis, you wanted a, a raise uh, uh, from Dr. Minnis, you know, you would uh, uh, <laughs> you, you would say you would say to Mrs. Minnis, hey, why, why, why don't you see what you could do about getting me a raise with? Uh, I've with already Dr. tried that and it didn't work. <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> yeah, well, poor Jesse. I mean,
1: <laughs> if your daughter is you for something, what is your first answer? Go ask your mother.
0: No, no. And that's right. <laughs> what does your mother say? Right yeah so mary in consecration uh trust in her intercession uh is confident in her efficacy of her patronage. She's a very powerful intercessor unlike others and also acknowledges the many maternal functions that she has. So, I mean, think of your own mother and the care that she gives and the comfort she gives when you're hurt, you know, you skin your knee on a bike or something like our kids are all riding bikes uh, uh, within uh, property limits and wiping out all the time. So there's a lot of scraped up knees that the mother takes care of. You know, they come to you, Jesse, and you say, go talk to your mother Uh, and the healing. So don't you
1: guys have like a 10 seater bike that you all go on? (laughs) (laughs)
0: No, no, that would be awesome. Though, Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun for about five seconds. All right. So there's consecration. Generally, Marian consecration focuses on these types of things just named. All right. So now that in mind, let's go to Friday. What is going to happen on Friday? So this is how the uh, the bishops describe uh, Friday's event. It says, through a collective dedication or entrustment of a nation to Mary, the act of consecration is meant to be a reminder to the faithful of the Blessed Mother's witness to the gospel and to ask for her effective intercession before her son on behalf of those in need. Okay, so mm-hmm. what do we see here? This, this should make sense. In fact, you know, the good people at the USCCB, Father Menke probably, Uh, did well basically to rip off a lot of this language right out of the magisterial document on the Directory of Popular Piety. But notice what it says. One, it's a collective dedication, right? It's of the whole country. And I think uh, part of the May 1st date, apart from being the beginning of of May, I think the uh, Canadian bishops are doing this same thing. I think the Central American bishops did this. Recently, I think the Holy Father and some Italian bishops and others uh, have done this, too. But it's a collective um, dedication. Remember, we said at the beginning, it can be personal or it can be group. This is a nationwide group event.
1: That's why we say nationwide is on your side. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Jesse. This Speaking of sponsors, is- <laughs> this episode is
0: sponsored by Mailchimp. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so this is this actually is why Archbishop Gomez, who is the the, the president of the USCCB, is going to lead this uh, publicly. Okay, and notice the language they used to describe it. It's a dedication, entrustment, and consecration. Right, that too is right out of uh, the Church's directory on popular piety. They kind of like dedication and entrustment better than consecration. So they're using all sorts of different uh, names. Right, I think the
2: same people who wrote the Book of Blessings may have written the popular piety thing. You read something just a minute ago where it's like Mm -hmm. where Mary's singular role is recognized or something. Can you read
0: that again? Yeah. Well, now, the director in popular piety comes from the Congregation for Divine Worship. So that's a Vatican document. But what we read... This is good good listening, Dennis. Thank you. So when the directory talked about what is proper to a Marian consecration, it's a conscious recognition of her witness to the gospel, trust in her intercession, and efficacy of her patronage. Now, go to the USCCB's description of what's happening Friday, and what do they say it is? It's a reminder of the Blessed Mother's witness to the gospel and to ask for her effective intercession. Okay, Same now what, language.
2: what I'm referring to here is, you know, people, yeah. we had the whole episode on blessings and stuff, and mm-hmm. it's a difficult thing, but people complain that the Book of Blessings doesn't bless anything. It seems to me that, that that description doesn't consecrate anything. It's a recognition of Mary's singular role. Okay, well, that's nice. It's a reminder to us. Okay, well, that's nice. I have this idea, and you can shake it out of my head if you want, because I am docile to your intellect, mm. that you've got to give yourself... To Mary somehow, because you recognize that her singular role that you, you know, all those things. It's like, I give this country to you, Mary, because you can handle America better than we can take this as your own. Give it to Jesus. Lead it to Jesus. Carry us to the bosom of the father. It's, it's like a real giving over. And what I heard you say there doesn't seem to have that kind of lingo
0: Okay, no, it's a great question, um, and I guess it gives us a chance to put a finer point on it. Now, in the the, the word you use, Dennis is offering, and that really should be a part of this discussion. Uh, what the this directory will use the term oblatio or ablation or gift or offering, and I think you know if you're to look through the actual text, it is an offering to God. But so it is a giving yourself over. But it's why are you giving it over? You know, why are you giving yourself over to the patronage of Mary or Joseph or your guardian angel or the sacred heart of Jesus? Right. Because while those four, I don't know, persons, I guess, uh, Mary, Joseph, your guardian angel and Jesus are all, you know, uh, in the same mystical body. Each of them has characteristics, qualities, features, proper to himself. And you're giving yourself over to, say, one of those four because those features that they represent, you want to become yours and you're giving yourself to them so that their qualities can become your qualities. So if Mary uh, bears witness to the gospel and we're giving our country to Mary because she's the most effective witness to the gospel, what does that require of a consecrated country?
2: That they give themselves over to the gospel.
0: That's right. That that, that they become witnesses to the gospel. Right. You can't
2: just they, say, hey, Mary, it's your problem now. Let me go eat bonbons and Doritos, All right? You have to.
0: You could. Produce, yeah, you bonbons produce, are delicious.
2: Right. right. So the point I was making there was not so much that Mary's virtues are not Mary's virtues, but that what the description you read didn't seem to involve the giving over language that I seem to think is so critically central.
1: Mm-hmm. And I have another question, Chris, because I'm. Obviously, you've noticed that this in me like to kind of compartmentalize and put things in nice little nice little boxes and bows. I noticed this word dedication being used. Is this akin to like the dedication of a church or a cathedral or a basilica? And what's more, then as you may be able to chime in here too, could you dedicate a piece of art or an icon or something like that in the, in the same vein?
0: Yeah, I'd say uh, first about the language, it's a little squishy all the way around. Uh, The the church is trying to use precise language uh, about things that don't admit of precision. So in in an analogous way, you could say it is a dedication like, but not quite the same. It is a consecration like, but not the same. But, you know, Dennis's point, I think uh, we shouldn't. We shouldn't leave yet you know what does it mean to be consecrated as an individual or a family or a country say to the blessed virgin mary i mean i think on the one hand it recognizes, remembers and acknowledges her particular features which the directory outlined but on the other hand it requires of the one who is being consecrated that those features are kind of become part and parcel of uh, our own spirituality Right. So I suspect, No, I haven't done this, but I asked you a while ago about that. 33 days to uh, to morning glory or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. Right. See, it it requires preparation so that you know what you're entering into. Right. You're 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 about to commit your baptismal calling in a very particular, if not indefinite way, like a religious consecration, but in a particular way, a profound way. over to God so that you can conform yourself to be like him through this particular patron or patroness. And so, yeah, I, I do. Th- so it, this 33 day preparation program, it's to get you ready to do that. So if you just, out of the blue tuned in at two o'clock central time Friday. And you see your bishop doing something out there and saying these prayers. You don't know what he's doing. You don't know what a consecration is. You don't know who Mary is. You don't know what it's be, what's being asked of you or your country. Well, nothing is going to happen. So anyway, this is a long winded way of saying uh, Dennis, that I think you're really getting to the heart of the matter. Why Mary? And what does it require of us as members of this country, citizens of the country? Okay. <laughs> doesn't quite answer my question exactly, but. Okay. You answer uh, it then. Well, oh, that's great.
2: Well, the, I, no, the question, my, it's not really a question as much as a statement. The thing you mm-hmm. read. Yeah. Said what a consecration does, but it didn't say we give ourselves over to. So that was my actual concern that it's like, we remember this, we recognize that, but it doesn't say what we actually do is give ourselves away to the care of, you know, Mary, who's better at being less yeah. than we are,
0: yeah
2: hmm. that was all yeah, the, the I suppose I agree yeah. with Dennis on this, yeah like the blessing the book of blessings doesn't bless the thing, but says, may the person be blessed this what you described sounds like, oh, we recognize that stuff, but we don't actually do, so that was yeah, my issue yeah
0: yeah, yeah. okay. No, you might, you might be right. I, I wonder if it's because we're as humans, we're better about asking stuff from God than giving ourselves over to God. And so maybe in all of this discussion, you know, this consecration stuff, it's better about what we're going to get from Mary's patronage rather than what's going to be required of us. Yeah. I well, I didn't want to derail you. I just... Uh, no, this isn't tangential. This is uh, rather essential, I everything think. I wanted awesome.
2: to derail you. <laughs> Everything you said, great. All I wanted is like the fourth thing to say, and yes, we give ourselves over to her care by the grace of Jesus or something. You know, that's all.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe we can, uh, let's go and look at the actual text and see if that doesn't kind of uh, ritualize this. But maybe the the final point before we go is that uh, this isn't the first time the United States has been consecrated to Mary. So I think the, the Bishop John... What's his name? Carroll was the yeah. first bishop. So did it not
1: take the first time?
0: Well, well see, it wears off. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's, that's why that's why this is called a reconsecration or a renewal or a rededication. Mm-hmm. So Bishop John Carroll did this. I think uh, it won some council in Baltimore in, yep. in six. They're the ones that declared Mary under the title of the Immaculate Conception as patroness of our country. And uh, also apparently when the national shrine was dedicated in 1956 they reconsecrated then as well so you have something 1700s 1800s 1900s and this will be the first consecration to mary in the in the 2000s but let's uh, let's take a look at uh, the text right so it's um, Bishop Gomez will do this from Los Angeles at two o'clock central time, and you can go to the USCCB sites and watch this. But again, I think it's the, the idea is that bishops will do this in their in their own diocese, uh, too. Um, the rite begins with the sign of the cross, and there's this uh, little introduction uh, one of the one of the lines from the uh, uh, from the introduction says, uh, in this uh, difficult time, we turn to the Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, mother of the church and queen of peace. And we ask she intercede with her son for all those who are affected in any way by this pan- pandemic. So the occasion of this consecration is, of course, uh, the pandemic and those in need. As we renew our consecration of our country and ourselves to the mother of God. We implore her maternal care for her children, right? So, yeah, I, this, again, I think is your point, Dennis. So, we're consecrating ourselves to her, but what is it that we're giving over of ourselves to her? We just say we're consecrating ourselves to her so that she can do stuff for her. Who's this prayer addressed <laughs>
2: to? Does it start to the Father to
0: Christ? Well, this is an introduction to the people. Then there's an opening prayer oh, okay. that's taken from the uh, votive mass of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Uh it begins, let's see. Uh we pray that with her loving help your church may be more fruitful day by day, and exalting in the holiness of her children, may draw to her embrace all the families of the peoples. All right. So we're we're saying that Mary, you protect us, and we will draw closer to your son, and draw as many of the families around us as possible to your son as well. That's committing us to doing something. Uh, There's uh, after that, there's a scriptural reading. And the one that's in this right is is very short. It's from John 19. It's uh, Jesus from the cross saying to John, uh, behold your mother and to Mary, behold your son. Right. So that's kind of this mutual giving of of uh, us to Mary and Mary to us. There's a little uh, homily. And after that, the bishop prays a decade of the rosary of the the fifth sorrowful mystery jesus dying on the cross and then after that i'm not going to read all this but uh this would be this would be exam type material dennis mm-hmm. is to actually kind of parse out the actual prayer of renewal of our consecration to the blessed virgin mary
2: okay I th- if it's the oh. same one i think i found it online it starts holy mary mother of the church that one
0: uh no let's oh, that see that must be a different one okay holy mary mother of the church no, Oh no that's a different one, one sorry <laughs> yeah this one in fact if you are interested in this you can go to the bishops uh, usccb website and you can find this whole text there um this it but it begins and again i won't read the whole thing um let us now entrust there's that word again mm-hmm. our country and ourselves once again to the virgin mary's care care most holy virgin mary mother of the church you are the fairest fruit of god's redeeming love you sing the Father's mercy and accompany us with a mother's love. In this time of pandemic, we come to you, our sign of sure hope and comfort. Today, we renew the act of consecration and entrustment carried out by those who have gone before us.
2: Wow, that's important, isn't it? Because it, it's saying we're renewing the thing that's already done. Because if it's really done, it's not can't really be done again. But I like that renew language
0: mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. So Archbishop Gomez will say, with the love of of a mother and handmaid embrace our nation, which we entrust and consecrate once again to you together with ourselves and our families. And then it goes through kind of this litany, uh, of Mary, uh, Mary health of the sick, mother of consolation, help of Christians, Mary queen and mother of mercy, seed of wisdom, mother of good counsel, et cetera. So that's kind of the meat of this, uh, ceremony is, uh, this, uh, prayer of entrustment to Mary. So then this cl- concluding prayer and, uh, Regina Chaley and that uh, kind of completes Friday's consecration but like I said if you want to join it or watch it you can go to through the bishop's website or their other social media at 2 o'clock on Friday but see I'll, if any I'll put a link yeah. in the show okay. notes yeah. as well but see if any of these uh, rambling remarks will help help you understand uh, this consecration better to pray it a little bit more fruitfully give you more insight
2: yeah I think the idea is Mary in a sense was her her consecration, her consecrated life, right? Her singular purpose to which she gave herself to God was her fiat, right? At the annunciation. And from then on, lead people to Christ, lead people to Christ, lead people to Christ. So I think people talk often about Mary and consecration being consecrated to Jesus through Mary, right? So you're not consecrated to Mary, but you ask Mary to consecrate you to Christ. So when I'm looking at this prayer, it's like we entrust to you the sick, we entrust to you. Those who are working to find a cure, that we trust to you. You know the healing. So, I think it is a giving over to Mary uh, to lead us to Christ because she's good at that. That's her.
0: How did you start it out at the beginning? Her
2: particular path to uh, sanctity.
0: Well, that, well, that's what the consecration is. Is this yeah. kind of uh, it's kind of committing to a particular baptismal path to sanctity? Yeah, and Mary shows us a certain dimension of that.
2: Right. I'm satisfied. We entrust is, I'm, that, that meets oh, finally, my matter form right end. there. <laughs> Once Dennis is satiated,
1: then all bets are not, So
2: Yeah. So it's really no. not a consecration, is it? It's an entrustment. I think that's important, Uh or it's a renewal of the consecration, the original consecration. It'd be interesting to see what prayer they used in
0: 1792. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, you know, it's not a magic spell. You know, it's not that, we say this prayer and everything's going to be fine. It, 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 it uh, I don't know if it obliges, but you know, from the cross, Jesus gives us to Mary and Mary to us. And that, uh, re- that involves responsibilities on both parties. And so it's kind of, Mary doesn't need to be reminded, but we need to be reminded of what Mary's doing for us and what we are to do for Mary as we go to Christ.
1: All right.
2: So our job is there to uh, join ourselves to that reality and let it be real. Sorry, immense. my yeah.
1: my computer froze there. I was trying to talk and nobody could hear me, and it was super awkward. And yeah, uh, anyway, anyway, one of those things. Okay, uh, so can we record this one? I was I wasn't recording. <laughs> sure, this is a really good pre-show, guys. So
0: now, now that we're
1: warmed let's up, let's get out there and do the real thing. All right, you guys want to answer a liturgy question?
2: Oh, yeah.
1: All right.
0: So why go to the Liturgical Institute? Well, if you want to serve the Church and do liturgical studies from the heart of the Church, you won't find any place quite like this. This place is faithful to the Magisterium, but it's a dynamic orthodoxy, not dry. And at the same time, it not only makes the faith come alive, it also empowers you to help that be the experience for others as well. Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Hahn, and I want to warmly recommend the Liturgical Institute for your consideration. Pray about going and studying and sharing the richness of our living tradition. Oh,
1: Moses, Moses, why do you question me? Why do you care?
2: Today, we have a similar debate over this. Anyone know what this is, class? Anyone?
1: All right. This week, we have a question from Margaret. Um, Margaret. Hi, Margaret. Hi, Margaret. Oh, Chris never wants to say hi to our questioners. Hi, Margaret. Margaret says thank you for your show I've learned a lot and it has helped me Enter deeper into the liturgy And life I have a big question About the exalted salvation And the teaching authority of liturgical Prayers when listening to the exalted Being proclaimed both this year And last year I was struck by how much It draws from satisfaction Theory here are the two main Passages that reflect this one, who for our sake paid Adam's debt to the eternal father and pouring out his own dear blood, wiped clean the record of our ancient sinfulness. And two, oh, truly necessary sin of Adam, destroyed completely by the death of Christ. I thought satisfaction theory was just one theory that attempts to express how salvation was brought about through the crucifixion and why it happened that way. It has merit and expression of. It, it has merit and it expresses some truth, but it isn't everything. Why then does the church choose to highlight it in the Easter Vigil? Thank you, Margaret.
0: Hmm. Take it away, Dennis. Well, uh, <laughs> that's a great I question. Can't say that i
2: I know that atonement theory was developed um, often by. It's associated with Saint Anselm, Saint Anselm of Canterbury, and of course, our very own Father. Um, from underline, Father Emery De Gaulle is a scholar of Saint Anselm of Canterbury, and um, one of the th- reasons why Saint Anselm even brought this up is because there used to be a kind of a ransom theory that you know we owed uh, we owed Satan uh, kind of a ransom to let go of us, and that God sort of paid off uh, the devil, and that wasn't seen as kind of adequate. So, the satisfaction theory of atonement, which as far as I understand it, it's still the authoritative teaching of the church. It was, it was uh, confirmed by Trent. It says that it's not a debt owed to the devil, but that there is an objective kind of reality that there's an injury or insult um, to creation and it has to be addressed. So this comes up in individual confession as well, right? You have the um, sin against God, but then you also have to make satisfaction for uh, other things. Now, the challenge with this is to say, well, God has got his arms crossed and he's kind of like, huh, I'm not letting you in heaven until you uh, give me back what you owe me, you little, you know, you're in basically in debtor's prison onto that. And so Thomas Aquinas developed a theory, others developed a theory. And I like Thomas Aquinas' answer Um because he says that punishment is kind of good, right, for us in response to sin. It makes us realize there's a problem and we have to restore friendship with God. And so there is a kind of restitution, that's atonement that's necessary for our sake. And But then he says in particular, and I like this, that out of love, God joined himself to humanity in the incarnation and as members of the mystical body. When Christ made that... Atonement—that that was actually an atonement for us as well. So it was out of love that God united Himself to humanity, which in a sense had this debt, and um, that that was one of the reasons why He did it. And so, if we're united to Christ, out of Christ's love for us, that God came and rescued us and paid our debt. So that's the good side of it, right? The nice side of it, which is, yeah, there's an actual debt. There's an actual disorder in creation. That's, that is what fallenness is. And that God paid that debt for us out of love, not out of stinginess waiting for us to, um, to give him what he wants or he
0: won't be nice to us. But I think in Margaret's question, she said, that's a part of it, but it's not the complete picture. And I think, you know, even the exalt that speaks about, um, you know, that happy fault that uh, earned for us so great a redeemer, because not only is the debt paid, it's not like we're all back to square one, we're back to scratch. Uh, it gets better. So first the debt gets paid, but then this fault is so happy uh, because we're in a better spot now than we were at square one. And this is, I, I guess, goes, uh, I know less about satisfaction theory of uh, of redemption than, than you might, Dennis. Um, but it's not just a, it, it uh, wipes the ledger clean, it gives the potential for becoming greater beings greater saints than adam ever could have in the first place and so this i think speaks to the other part in the exalted sings about this and i think the other prayers of the easter vigil do as too it's not simply as i say you know uh getting us back to square one it speaks about the uh, infinite yeah maybe that's not the, that's too strong a word the the great divine possibilities that are open to human nature. And and this goes way beyond uh, satisfaction theory. So uh, there's a lot, it, satisfaction is part of it, but uh, certainly not the majority of it, I don't think.
2: And why is that in the uh, Exalted? Well, the exalted's very ancient prayer. I mean, what is it? I think parts of the 5th century, 7th century. And these were probably some of the um, ideas that were floating around at that time. But... You can also find this stuff in scripture, right? You know, 2 Corinthians talks about uh, reconciling the world to God through Christ's blood. Um, Paul says a lot of things about, um, you know, the cross, making peace with God through the blood of his cross. And so there is this kind of deep biblical notion that this division between God and humanity was bridged by Christ. In some sense, there's an actual division and a chaos and a disorder in the fallen world that has to get made right. And I don't think that's a bad idea. Just don't think of it as God is in a smit and he's not going to be nice to
0: you. To yeah, and don't think of it a, as.
2: With the yeah, bag it, with the dollar sign on yeah, it. Yeah, you
0: know? don't think of it as the only idea. It's part of the idea, part of the picture, part of the solution, but it's just the beginning. goes yeah. beyond that. Catholicism makes us
2: hold a lot of things together at the same time. And if you say, well, that can't be right, it must be just because God is nice. Or, you know, why did Christ suffer? Oh, because X, Y, Z. He suffered out of suffering right real suffering real atonement on the other hand because it was out of love it was a free gift of God the Father's love and so holding those together is uh, is a handy way to think about the Catholic things in general
1: okay Margaret I hope that answers your question and if you want to email us a question you can email us at questions at liturgyguys.com or tweet us at liturgyguys or tweet Dennis at Super Taster or you could drive to soldiers grove wisconsin and just drop a letter off at any random location because there's literally only one chris carson's that lives in a 50 mile radius and it will probably end up at his house anyway
0: oh, you know oh, there, there, Jeff, there, oh go ahead chris. there's a lot of truth to that you can send a letter to uh Carstens, soldiers grove wisconsin and it will get here Ooh, Isn't that great? Small yeah. time life. i'm awesome. glad that you
2: made that public Awesome! <laughs> do you know what this reminded me of Jesse? We what? owe another shout out to Vicky Delaney. At least I do. Oh, okay. She's like she's like Santa Claus because I she's come like our room mother. And there's a box on my porch, and it's full of Easter stuff: malted milk, eggs, and plastic eggs with candy in it, and three Tupperware things full of pie crust. So, <laughs> thank you to Vicky Delaney
0: again. Quarantine 15.
1: Yeah, right. Having some quarantinis, you know what I mean? You know, you, Chris knows what I mean. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thank you, and God bless.
2: Now that's a podcast. The Liturgy Guys is brought to you by the Liturgical Institute at the University of St. Mary of the Lake, Adoremus Society for the Renewal of the Sacred Liturgy, and the Center for Beauty and Culture at Benedictine College.